Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Walden. My guest today is Rebecca Sievers, who is, tell us what you, uh, how do you describe yourself? What's your title? I'm a restaurant owner. You just made that up, didn't you? You don't really have a restaurant. <laughs> no, I don't. And uh, we've heard it all before. Go on, just, just spin the Memphis, Tennessee line. Go on. <laughs> I own an Italian restaurant in Memphis, Tennessee, which is home of Elvis Presley, barbecue, rock and roll, and, and, and Bari. Is that where you grew up, though? In Memphis, yes, I did. I'm from here, and I've lived here my whole life, aside from the six months that I moved to Los Angeles. So um, growing up in Memphis, was your, was your education or your family sort of predisposed to, to the restaurant industry, which is what you're in, doing at the moment? No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. That will happen then. Give us a bit of your biography. Well, let's see. I started working when I was 15. Um, I worked at a bank in the corporate trust department, and I would work part-time after school. And then I would work whenever we had a holiday or in the summer, I'd work full-time. And then I was going to college after I graduated from high school for photography, and I was had to pay for college. So I would work in restaurants, and that's kind of where I learned about Italian wine. My first restaurant job was at a private dinner club. So I had to wear a tuxedo. We had 21 steps of service and we would taste wine um, almost daily. And that's kind of where I, I learned about wine. My husband's mother is from Capurso and it's a tiny little town outside of Bari. And when we first started dating, we went to actually Capurso. And I met his grandparents, and we went to Bari, and we walked around, we ate. And that was my first time in Italy. It was my first time out of the country, but in 1998. And then we got married in 99. And before we got married, we said, you know, let's get married. Let's open this Italian restaurant in Memphis, because there wasn't anything like it in Memphis. There were Italian restaurants, but nothing that focused on this this region. And all of my family was here. We had worked in restaurants. So this is, it's kind of the plan. Like we're going to get married. We're going to open this restaurant. And we did. We had a child (laughs) two months before (laughs) we opened the restaurant. But so this, you know, this, this restaurant is, um, it's just really special to us. And we work really hard. My husband and I work, you know, he runs kitchen and I I say he cooks and I do everything else but that's not that's not true but we work really hard together to create this and it's very special it's a very special place and yeah we just we love it we love what we do and we've kind of created a some little little Italian space in Memphis do you have any particular mentors in the restaurant or were you just sort of tasting it and trying to remember what each different wine tastes like did you have anybody that was helping you not really. I mean, we just kind of, we just tasted, tasted wines. And um, I think at that point I started buying wine, but I always liked Italian wine. I drank a lot of Chianti when I was younger. So 
when we opened the restaurant, I knew that I wanted the list to be all Italian. I wanted to represent Italy, and my goal was to try to have one try to have one wine from every region in Italy. That was a little hard to do. What period are we talking about at this particular time? Was it we talking about ten years ago, four years ago? So we opened. We actually are celebrating our eighteenth year of being a business this month. We opened in November of two thousand two. And what changes have you seen since then in terms of? Apart from the, the selection that you offer your your clients, what about are people still very much reliant on professionals like you to to really understand what the particular wine is going to be like that they're that they're choosing? People are more knowledgeable of about Italian wines when, but we still do have people that come in and say, "I have no idea what uh, you know. I don't drink Italian wine. I don't know what this list is." So, I mean, we're definitely here to help people. My staff is trained to try to ask the consumer what, well, what is it that you normally drink? And then we try to find something that will make them happy. Because there's so many, as you know, there's so many Italian wines that I think there's something comparable to any wine anywhere else in the world. Obviously, you know, wine is your passion. Are you currently an Italian wine ambassador or a candidate? Or are you studying in any way for Italian wine? I am currently a candidate. I took the course last year in New York, and I really didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> it was really over the whole the whole thing. I, I went to New York. I had to stay there for a week. We did the I did the course, and I loved it. But it was very overwhelming at the same time. I obviously didn't pass, but I left with more knowledge than I had when I got there and I knew, I knew what I needed to study because a lot of that stuff, I don't, I didn't have any other, I've never taken the WSET or I did take the Italian. I am an Italian wine professional through Italian wine central. And that was something that I took in 2017, kind of just to test. I wanted to see how much I did know about Italian wine because everything that I've done so far has been, through me reading, me reading books. When we first opened, there weren't a lot of books on Italian wine. And the only one, the Vino Italiano, was, it was kind of like my Bible. I read it. I used it to train my staff. I always wanted more of an, Ita- uh, an Italian wine education, but there just wasn't really anything out there, you know, 18 years ago. And so the Italian wine certification that I took in 2017 was at home. I could take it online and I had six months to study and then I could choose my exam date. So I did that and it was kind of hard for me because I have a restaurant and also have three, three sons and I kind of, I wanted to do it, but I had to figure out, well, how, how do I study? How do I, you know, when, when am I going to do this? But I did it. I did it and I passed and I felt great about it. And then when the opportunity to take the course in New York came along, I wasn't sure if I was even going to get accepted. But I, you know, I applied and I did. Like I said, that whole thing was a little overwhelming and just taking me out of my comfort zone. But really awesome, too, because I've never been surrounded by that many people that loved Italian wine as much as I did. So it kind of left me with a sense of determination that I was going to pass this course at some point later in the future. 
And so this year when they did the agile edition, I took it because I thought, well, this will be great. It's more, you know, I can do it from my house and hopefully I'll pass this time. (laughs) How important is it when you're doing these sort of um, studies on on Italy to have other like-minded people and professionals uh, in either in the, in the, in the study classes or in the exam arena, um, how, how important is that as well as just the study itself? I think, I'm not sure. I just know that it was different for me because here, you know, in Memphis, I just feel like I'm kind of an anomaly. And I talked to my staff and my customers about Italian wine, but I don't really, or I didn't have that community, but now I do. And I think it's wonderful. It makes me very happy. And, you know, I'm connecting with people from all over the world now. How, how important is that, not just on the sort of business side, but just on the knowledge side, um, that you've got that kind of community that you can reach out to and vice versa? It's extremely important, I think. I just don't think that I knew what I was missing before. <laughs> but do you feel a lot more confident now about, obviously, the knowledge has given you confidence and also that sense of community as well. Has that actually you know, had a positive impact on your business or on reviews that people give your business when they come and come and visit you? I think so. I mean, I, our customers, we, we, we have a lot of new, uh, new customers, but we have some really long time regulars that I can talk about wines with. I pick wines for them and I'm really comfortable in my own setting talking about wine, but I, you know, public speaking or interviews, I usually will pass. So I definitely think that the Vanitaly Academy has given me more confidence to speak. I just always thought that the, the wine could speak for itself or, you know, Bari could speak for itself. It was never about, it's, and it's still not, it's not about me, but I think that what the Vanitaly Academy and all the social media, it's kind of shown me that people do like to connect. They like stories. They like to connect with people. And so I have realized that, hey, maybe I don't need to be so afraid here. I need to get out and and share my love of Italian wine. So it's definitely helped with that. I mean, in in terms of the business as well, does does that make you more confident knowing that, A, you've got that sort of network of potential helpers online, and also for your, I guess, it, your knowledge is, is rubbing off on your staff as well, correct? Yes, absolutely. So how do you go about that? Do you have like, um, are, you, are you more confident of um, doing like a mini tasting with, say, your sommeliers and, 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 and you're now teaching them a little bit about Italian wine, things that they would never have known without your studies um, elsewhere. Yes. I mean, I have always trained my staff because most of the, well, every single server or bartender that I've had that we've hired over the years, when they come in, they have restaurant experience, but they don't have a lot of Italian wine knowledge. So the training for that is extensive because I want them to know what they're talking about. You know, they have to know what they're talking about when they're on the floor. So yes, they were excited when I came back from New York and started talking about all the, you know, soil types. And yes, they're, they're happy that I get to share this new knowledge with them. I mean, does your knowledge help you when you're negotiating the professional side of wine, the buying of, uh, buying in of, of, of wine, um, the sort of economic benefits, if you like, of the Italian study, and um, and how that affects you know reps coming to speak to you? It's usually so. It's eighteen years 
of Italian wine in Memphis. In the beginning, you know, I tasted what was available and created a small list and it definitely grew over the years. And honestly, if I'm, if I'm looking for something specific, they are more than happy to try to find it for me and get it in. So it's definitely gotten easier, but I'm always trying to find something. I I want things that, that aren't available in Memphis. It's like a little goal for me to find things and bring them to Memphis, Um, not just with Italian wine, but with Italian spirits too. Aperol was not available. You know, we had Campari 18 years ago, but Aperol was not available in Tennessee. And I worked with the distributor and they finally, I kept saying it's it's a wonderful product. I promise you, you know, other restaurants will pick it up. Retail will buy it. So they finally got Aperol available to sell in Tennessee. And now it's just, I think everybody in Memphis talks about Aperol spritz. If I have a glass of Aperol spritz in front of me, what will I be looking at? What color is it? Um, and what's it made for? It's a little pan. It's not as strong, you know, not everybody. I love Campari, but not everybody loves Campari because it's too strong and too bitter. So Aperol is just a little bit more floral. Um, it's a little lighter. It's not as aggressive as Campari. So it's a beautiful pinkish color in the glass. We sell a lot of them in the summertime. So Nino and Agri, before we had three sons, we would always try to go to Italy every year. And I would always make a list of wines to try to find. And the Nino Negri Sversat was one of those. And actually the five star. And so I <laughs> I went, we were in Bari and I think it was a grocery store. It wasn't a wine shop, but I found a bottle and I bought it and I brought it back. And so when I had it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And so I tried to get it. I knew that it was available in New York. So it's like, if it's a bit, if they have it in New York, I can get it here. So I worked with my Frederick Wildman rep and it took a little bit of time, but they got Nina Negri registered to sell in Tennessee. And so now I've been selling, I sell the Inferno by the glass and I have for, I think, five years now. So when people have that by the glass, are they also... Um, are they just having a glass of wine or are they having that with food? Currently. Um, so yeah, all the bars are, you can't actually just during COVID right now, um, in, in Memphis, you have taken away all the bar stools and if you have wine, you have to have food. But, um, yeah, normally we have a wonderful cheese menu. Um, it's usually a two page. We, it's usually between 50 to 60 cheeses from all over Italy, which is really fun. Fun to pair with wine. What are you what are some of your favorite pairings? Your personal pa- favorite pairings and then your customers' favorite pairings? Oh goodness. I don't know. The customers, they rely on us. They say, you tell us. Well, you know, they so we usually pick uh, the bartenders, servers, and we haven't done one in a while, but we do wine and cheese pairings, which it takes maybe like an hour and a half and We'll pair four different wines with four different cheeses, and they get to learn about the the wine and the cheese. It's really um, it's a fun sort of in very informal setting, and and they love it. Our our customers love the new not the knowledge of different wines and cheeses. But is that like a young crowd, or is it like sort of older older people? It's kind of both. We do have a younger crowd, but we also have have an older crowd honestly from i mean 40s to 
to 60, late 60s. So we definitely get a mixed a mixed crowd here. In normal times, again, our bar is is the happening place. It's <laughs> we get a lot of uh, a lot of young and older people coming on dates here. Just in, just in general, sorry the, the the market for Italian wines in the U.S. as a whole. I know that's difficult to generalize about, but and in your neck of the woods in particular, is it something that has still has uh, a lot of potential to grow? Or have we reached peak Italy yet? No, no, I don't. Definitely not. There are so many incredible wines that a lot of that people still don't know about. So my goal from the beginning was to to introduce people to those wines. I changed my menu because it's I have a it's a small restaurant. I don't have a lot of storage space. So I rotate because there's so many wonderful producers, but I don't I can only have, you know, one or two of the same wines on my list. So I rotate a lot. Well, good for you. So I just want to say thanks to my guest today, Rebecca Sievers, all the way from Memphis, Tennessee, um, created a, a little bit of Italy over there very successfully um, with her partner and the rest of her family. Um, we wish you every success both with the restaurant and also, of course, with your study. Take care. Thank you. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.